It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 352 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam by myself today. I want to say happy 4th of July for all of those of you in the United States who are celebrating. And also, uh, from a pop culture standpoint, happy Stranger Things Day, as this is the day that uh, we can all return to Hawkins. So I want to let everyone know if you are very into Stranger Things, which I know a lot of us are, uh, once you're done binging it, if you go to overdrive.com, we have a Stranger Things read-alike list. So if you're looking for books to read once you've finished the entire uh, series of Stranger Things, you can check that out. Uh, today's episode is an interview that I did with Danica Stone back in BEA when I was in New York City. Uh, Danica is the author of a book that's been out for a few months now called Switchback, which is a kind of human versus nature story of two teenagers who get lost in uh, on a mountain hike with their uh, with their class and then have to try to survive. Uh, it's an awesome blend of, again, this trying to survive in the wilderness and also trying to better understand yourself as a person and a teenager. And Danica does just a great job with putting in all the human emotions that teenagers have while also being in this very real and very serious situation. Uh, I talk about this on the podcast, but I read the book in one sitting. It's really quick. Um, it reminds me of things like you know a Jack London novel or The Hatchet, um, just those books that you can't wait to see what happens next. And it's a, it's a story that will keep you guessing, and you'll just wonder how these two kids are going to survive uh, through all the hardships that they go through. So Danica and I hit it off really, really quickly. She's just a very warm spirit, uh, a person who, within minutes of meeting each other, felt like I was talking to an old friend. So, And I think that comes through in our conversations. She's just an, an amazing human being. Um, if you want your days to be better after listening to this, go get her books, but also follow her on social media. She just Her presence is very positive and, and warm and wonderful. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by The Great Courses Plus. As book nerds, one of our favorite things to do is explore unfamiliar territory, uh, new worlds, fascinating insights, fresh perspectives, and The Great Courses Plus is a fantastic way to do that. With the streaming service, we can pick up a new hobby or build, on, uh, build our knowledge on virtually any topic that we want to know more about. There's things like The Great Palaces of the Ancient Worlds or The Legend of King Arthur, both of which I've checked out. Uh, they even have how-to courses on everything from cooking to stargazing and, and just so much more. There's thousands of fascinating lectures to explore, all presented from award-winning experts who are so passionate about what they teach. And with the Great Courses Plus app, you can escape into a vast world of knowledge at any time. You can watch these courses, you can listen to them just like you're doing with this podcast right now, whatever works for you. Uh, one that I've been checking out lately is if you are a long time listening to the podcast, you know that I'm a distance runner. And lately I have been going through some issues with my knee where I'm not allowed to do any impact running. So I have to do all sorts of other things. And what did I do? I went to the Great Courses Plus and I did a little search in their health and fitness area. And I found a really great uh, bunch of lectures all about yoga. And there's all these yoga instructions. And so that's been really 
helping me out as well. Uh, you can empower yourself with knowledge by signing up for the Great Courses Plus today, and they're offering our listeners a special limited time offer of an all-access one-month trial completely for free. And in order to get the offer, you have to sign up using our special URL. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probooknerds. Again, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probooknerds. So I'd like to thank The Great Courses Plus for sponsoring this episode. Uh, their service is amazing. I really think you'll enjoy it. In case you missed our episode on Monday, I really want you to go back and check that one out. It's because my co-host, Joe Grunewald, wrote a second book. And at time of this release, it is now available. It came out Tuesday, and it is called Reading Behind Bars. And it's all about her life before she came to Overdrive uh, as a prison librarian. So that was Monday's episode. Her book is now available. Go borrow it from your library. Go place a hold on it at your library. Go order it online or your local bookstore. It's amazing. I'm so proud of Jill, and I'm so excited for you guys to check that out. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go to professionalbooknerds.com, where you can find us on our social media at ProBookNerds. Shoot us an email at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com, and if you haven't done so yet, if you have a second, we'd really appreciate you going into iTunes and giving us a five-star rating. It really helps people find us just a little bit easier. So it takes two seconds, and it makes our day. Okay, that is all the housekeeping I have for you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, this interview with Danica Stone on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Adam, and today I am so excited to be joined by Danica Stone, novelist of the well-known books All the Feels and Internet Famous. Her latest book, Switchback, is an adventure novel that, she's telling her, I finished literally in one sitting. I legitimately couldn't put it down. It's available now. So first off, Danica, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Adam, thank you so much for having me here. It's so cool. And seriously, congratulations. This book is so fun. I love it. So I, it's so fast-paced. It's so just... I. I hate when people say that I was like on the edge of my seat, but I literally was. I was like leaning forward <laughs> on my couch. Like I couldn't put it down. It's so good. Thank you. I had so much fun writing it. And I can always tell if a book is flowing well, if oh I God. can't stop writing and I just, I need to get to the end of a scene or I need to get to the end of a chapter. And that was totally this book. That's amazing. So we always like to start by having our authors kind of give an introduction to the book. So I will let you kind of tell as much of the plot as you want about okay. Switchback. So I don't spoil anything. No worries. So Switchback follows two teens, best friends, Vale and Ash, and they're off on this phys ed adventure kind of overnight hike mm -hmm. that they have to do ha as part of their phys ed program. Now, uh, Vale loves camping. She's like, thinks that's great, but she doesn't get along great with her classmates. She's arrow ace. She experiences a lot of bullying, so she's a little leery of going. Ash, on the other hand, is a gamer. He gets along with everybody. He loves his classmates, loves everyone, mm -hmm. but he just is like terrified of the outdoors. And uh, what happens is very quickly the weather changes, as happens in Canada a lot. They're in the mountains and they end up going off track. So the majority of the book is actually them trying to survive this very real experience of being lost in the mountains. It is so I mentioned in the intro you've written a couple of popular books about the internet fame and fandom so I'm curious this is 
not that at all. No, So I'm no. curious what made you want to kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, I think it's really important that you tell all the stories that are kind of in your heart to tell. Uh-huh. And um, I like live in the mountains. So, mm-hmm. And this area where they get lost is actually where my grandpa used to trap back in the 1940s. It's so amazing. So it's like a really, like it's a place I've been. And I am totally like the biggest fangirl ever. And I also like camping. So I think it's possible to be both. And I love the idea of like, what if you have these... Uh, these teens and their best friends they obviously use technology as we all do Mm -hmm. and we take that away because even nowadays in this park most of it you can't get reception so even if you have a cell phone and you're lost you've broken your leg like you're not going to be able to call someone Uh Um, it's just like a very different isolated place well and I just I love that the two things that you really really love are one thing that is so interconnected to society and the world and everyone all around us and then the other thing is just a complete removal of all of that connection. Absolutely and I think that's good and I bet you I'm not the only one who's like that too like lots of us have these different parts of us so I really hope people love coming along on the adventure with Ash and Vale. <laughs> oh and, you're, and I'm the same way as you are I like am obviously can't, we're a digital company so I'm always connected to everyone all at all times in the day and there's nothing better than like going out for a run on the trails and, yes. like, and I just have nothing with me and I'm with my two dogs and it's like I can't talk to anybody it is so so good I completely agree um I really am curious about your writing process for this book because when it comes to like human versus nature stories I feel like the stakes have to increasingly get more and more stressful and yes. difficult and so as I said, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of every single chapter, and you were talking about that when writing the same thing. But did it feel like a like a challenge to have these increasing stakes? Like, were you writing them as you were thinking of them, or did you plot them out ahead of time? I I'm sort of like um, I guess it would be a plotter. A plotter. So <laughs> I do some plotting. Usually I leave it open, like if my brain wants to go a different direction, knowing it could be edited later. But what I usually do, because I also write thrillers that are like for adults as well. Um, And usually for them, I got in a habit of I just list everything terrible that could happen (laughs) before I write anything. I did the same thing. What are the... What are all the things that could go wrong if you were lost? And then I use that when I do my kind of very loose plot. Uh-huh. And I say, okay, well, first, it really sucks if you have to go to the bathroom in the woods and uh-huh. you have no facilities. Kind of sucks if you're hungry. Kind of sucks mm-hmm. if you're cold. And then I just put it in order, getting worse and worse and worse. Uh-huh. Like, what are some of the animals that you could run into? What if you have, like, you're genuinely in danger? Yeah. And that kind of became the loose plot. And then what happens is sort of you know, your brain just takes over. I, I don't want to give, again, not any spoilers, but I have to imagine the survival rate of what, what happens to the main characters. <laughs> I was like, all right, the, the, this is really happening. I, I don't know that they're going to make it through what you put there. Like, I almost felt bad for them. I was like, man, Danica is just putting them through hell. I, I am... But at the same time, I got to tell you, like, my dad had a confrontation with a bear, uh-huh. and he really didn't think he was going to walk away from it. Uh-huh. So, like, having them run into animals in the time of year that they would be starting to get ready for hibernation, like, uh-huh. that's realistic. Um, but yes, of course, I push <laughs> the, streaks, the stakes to an extreme, but hopefully as you're reading, uh-huh. like, you could realize, like, well this situation could have gone one way or the other and you just like push it and push it to make it really fun to read and just keep those readers I want the next page turned oh yeah I would I I honestly it was almost like in my mind I was like what is gonna happen to you next I felt so bad um you mentioned your dad having a conversation with a bear yes you 
have, like you said, a background in hiking and camping, and I think I saw on like, your website or somewhere, you guys used to go through like these kind of torture hikes. <laughs> yes, sort of yes. Thing? Okay. that's literally what my siblings and I called them, okay, torture so hikes. tell me about these. Okay, so... First of all, my family is from Waterton. So this location, when you're reading the book, like literally my grandma was a little girl in this place. My great grandfather who had come from Sweden actually built the house that we now have oh, as a wow. cabin. So all through our lives, like our family was just like, oh yeah, we're gonna go on this hike and we'd be like, how far? Dad would always say, oh, it's just over the next hill, just over the next like little ridge. Uh-huh. And he would lie to us the whole way until we were like marching and it was like nightfall. It'd be like, okay, we're gonna camp here and continue tomorrow. <laughs> so. I love taking what is that experience like and just kind of like channeling that into a book. And as kids, I'm not sure I appreciated it, uh-huh. but it totally, dad was always like, oh, it'll build character. <laughs> well, and I love the fact that like you guys, you literally called them these like torture hikes, but now you said that you still love doing yes, these things. Yes, I totally do. And it's the same with my kids. Although I, <laughs> you know, perhaps I'm not as mean as dad was because uh-huh. he was just like, when I was a boy and he would just, you know, tell us these things. That's, well, I, I actually, we did the same thing where I'm, from in Cleveland, Ohio, we obviously don't have mountains. It's a little bit of a bummer, but we have what's called the Metro Parks, and it's yes. this. We have like, it's like fifty thousand square miles, miles, acres. That's yeah. the right one of uh, parks, and like it's. If people come to Cleveland, you're in a just, you know decent sized city, and like five minutes any direction, there's these incredible parks, and you don't really feel like you're in the same country. Awesome. And we used to do this with my uncle. We would have an uh, annual get lost kind of hike. Yeah where I'm the youngest of four, so we take all four of us siblings, <laughs> and we would literally go into one of the metro parks and go off a trail and just see how far we could go. Yeah. And looking back, wildly <laughs> inappropriate to take, you know, kids ranging from like 15 to 7 and not have any like supplies or anything. But, but now I spend my time with my dogs yeah. always in these trails. Exactly. So I think it's like you get this love of the outdoors from experiencing it. So obviously your family is the same kind uh-huh. of thing. Yep. That's, um, I'm curious, something that I thought, I imagine had to be really challenging as a writer is, there's the overall majority of your book is about these two specific characters. And yes. It's just them dealing with nature, but you manage to do it in such a way where they continue having conversations and it doesn't ever feel like it's just them by themselves. And I was thinking about the book Hatchet, Yes. That I read when I was growing yes. up, which is one per- one kid in nature. Yeah. And I was always impressed, and it made me want to continue reading somehow. So, did it feel challenging to have like more in the last year in this one setting, these two characters? Um, no, and it's just because I really like to explore who the characters are, and I like to do it with conversation. I don't like to just backlog. Here's a paragraph describing what happened. I like yeah. to just have them talk about it. And as I'm sure everybody knows when they're talking to their friends, like if you just hang out like any old time, like crazy things come up. Like you're telling me about the stories <laughs> of these, your torture hikes uh-huh. when you were a kid. And it just, things lead to the next thing. And I was thinking, you know, like when you're in a situation where you're just lost and you're scared, that other person is everything to you. And so all these little events that from your past might come up and you might just find a way of talking about it. And so I loved exploring them through their conversation and then throwing all these crazy physical events at them to yeah. conquer. Well, and also, it, you know, they're obviously good friends before all of this happens, but it, when you're put in this such a dire situation, you really do have to rely on the person next to you and just say Absolutely. like, okay, well, I, I'm, have to trust you entirely exactly and i think especially for the character of Vale, that's some something she has to learn Mm -hmm. um she's very anxious at the beginning like she has one best friend and she's very scared of being left and that is like this thing that she carries like she doesn't want anyone just 
letting her go like she just kind of clings on to that and by the end we see her changing over the book like this experience isn't like a negative it's obviously hard yeah but she actually comes away stronger and I love that yeah I and there's there's a scene in the middle of the book where they do get separated for reasons yes I won't say <laughs> and it's like heartbreaking like she yeah. like wakes up and she's completely by herself and I'm just saying I was literally was like on my couch I was like oh no I, yeah like, it's, but I feel like you have to have those emotional beats. Yes. In a book. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important for her too, mm -hmm. to realize like, yes, here I am. This is the situation. I need to pull it together. Yeah. I, it sounds like from a writing standpoint, I don't want to say that you didn't struggle to write this book because writing a book is hard. But it's just, it sounds like this was something that you were like, excited to wake up and write every day. Absolutely. And it was neat because I was writing it over the holidays, like the winter holidays. And so I, it was just snowing outside my window and then it would kind of fade away and then it snow again. And it was just neat. I felt like the whole world was helping me. <laughs> I could totally envision this. Oh man, that's so awesome. Um, something else that there is a kind of defining characteristic of Vail, and you mentioned it, like yeah. her sexuality is yeah. something that I don't think a lot of people know about and I love that you made it something that you talk about at the beginning of the book and then it becomes just it's I feel like it's really underrepresented so can you kind of talk about her sexuality because it's something that I was really excited to be about. Yes um, so Vale is arrow ace so she's aromantic and she's asexual um, she has a lot of support online and that's mm -hmm. mentioned at the beginning of the book like online she can be who she is but within her school like she experiences like just people bugging her for not dating not being yeah. what you would expect and that's just not her um, even the thing of her parents not understanding so as I because I always start with characters as I developed her I just realized that's who she was and so it was never a question of like she would I don't know that the book was about that it was just so an innate part of her right so that's not my experience. Mm -hmm. I needed to make sure I did that right. Yeah. And so getting sensitivity readers, a couple rounds of them, mm -hmm. and when I would get back these notes of, oh my gosh, just seeing myself, mm -hmm. and I was just like, that's it then. Yeah. And listening to them saying, you know, I like that she has this online experience, but sometimes this is how it is. And I'd just be like, great, let me rewrite that, send it back to you again. Yeah. And the sensitivity readers were so amazing. Uh -huh. So at the end of the book, when I look at Vale and I see like reviews coming in, there was a review um, by someone who talked about that sense of isolation that Vale has. Being this person who doesn't quite fit the norm and doesn't know how to share who she is, yeah is totally parallel to her being lost in the woods. And I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> I just like, oh my gosh, like, that's perfect. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, it's exactly what I was, <laughs> yeah, that's totally. how I planned it. That's no, but it is, I feel like it's such an underrepresented, because like, now there's still not enough of them, but there are more LGBTQ plus books yeah. and there's getting better representation. But I, like, this was something where like, I pride myself on the ally and all that, like, it was a, segment of people that I, I was like oh I didn't even ever consider that that's yeah. it's just such a amazing choice what made you want to make that her um for me first of all I think that you just you have to represent society as it is mm -hmm. and you just recognize that our society is so diverse do we see it yeah. so I always within my books just try to make sure that what I'm writing is not some narrow kind of cookie cutter uh -huh. that say a lot of traditional media might show from mm -hmm. the like 1980s or whatever like yeah. it's just 
you know, there's the rubber stamp. So I try to make real people. And I just look at my own lives. Like I have a friend who describes herself as a gray ace. And I have a friend who is asexual. And I just, like when I start writing, who is coming out? I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this. And I do this thing. I always talk about this whenever I do interviews. As I develop a character, I have a box and I put things in. So Vale's um, little tiny flashlight that has one battery is in that box. And as I was putting stuff in that box, I was just feeling her character come together. And she was, she was Arrow Ace. And it also, and a couple reviewers noted this as well, it just removes that whole subplot of she needs to be saved. Yes. They're just best friends. Uh-huh. That's all the story I, is. I literally, I, I put a note in here. I was like, I love the fact that when you set it up like that so early, I know it's not going to be a meet cute at any point. And like, exactly. don't get me wrong. Love romance books. <laughs> love yeah. YA teen romance. But it was just like, a lot of times you'll be reading a YA book and you're like, all right. And you, like, yeah. You'll get a description, like the female or male character will describe this person who will eventually become a love interest. <laughs> and they'll just say, it'll be like one line where they'll be like, like, oh, their eyes look like the sea. And yeah. Like, oh, you guys are going to do a thing at some yeah. point. And it was, it was really refreshing <laughs> just to be like, okay, there's not going to be one of those. Yeah. And also, it would have been even more unrealistic. Like, oh, boy, I know that, like, we're <laughs> facing a bear and broken legs. and uh, But, boy, you look great today. Like, I, just, exactly. I love it. They just removed it entirely. Exactly. This is not a spoiler, but I love that there's a part where we need to see we need to see Vale at some point. So uh-huh. Ash looks at her and just kind of does a brief description and she turns uh-huh. and she's like, do I have like a booger on my face? Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, because they're best friends, yeah. right? And so she's like rubbing her face because that's what you would do with your best friend. Right. So you'd be like, what's up? We're lost in the woods. It's gross. I, I literally, I, that's exactly what it is. And like a lot of times when you read books where there's like the most dire circumstances and then they're still, t- I'm like, come on. I, <laughs> like, I'll be with my wife who I love to death. And like, if we're like hiking, neither of us is looking at the other one and being like, you look beautiful. It's like, no, we're sweaty messes and we smell and we're disgusting. I don't want, like, don't, don't exactly. hold my hand when it's a thousand degrees. <laughs> right there with you. Um, have you, uh, you said your dad came kind of face-to-face with a bear? I guess yes. not, they're a little bit taller, no. but... Taller. Uh, yeah, the bear was much taller than him, yeah. but yeah. But have you ever really experienced anything close to... Okay, so, um, yes, I've seen bears many times. Mm-hmm. If you're asking when was the closest I came sure. to a bear, okay, so I have a cabin, which is, like, actually the house my great-grandfather yeah, built yeah. in Waterton. And one day I was just coming home in the dark mm-hmm. because I was, like, a waitress, and as I came to the cabin something moved just in the trees beside our house and my dad was just coming outside because he'd heard something and then he just said Danica freeze and I just stopped and there was a bear kind of like right between the houses now Waterton is not like a city it's like 200 people there Uh so like the houses are far apart and I just remember seeing my father get so serious and then he took a step so he was between us and then he just said walk very slowly into the house and I did and I could see as I went past that there it was just a black bear but it was a black bear and they're yeah. all so dangerous yeah. just, um, just, just the black bear it's true it's, it's the best that's definitely a sentence for someone who has interacted with bears before but yeah it was very close so like maybe 20 feet away mm-hmm. and I just remember my heart was pounding and I'm just trying to get in really carefully yeah. and then dad just came in and closed the door but I'd had these stories from him of just how quickly that situation can change so that's the closest I got but oh my goodness there'd be so many times we'd be camping as kids something would walk by and my father would be like get the dogs to be quiet the dogs are all trying to get out of the sleeping bags and we're trying to like shut them up um 
so you always have this awareness like you are not the strongest thing right. out in nature yeah. so I have a great respect and I'm total naturalist like I don't want people to hate bears like we're in their environment but you just have to give them space yeah. and I hope in the book like there is a bear that they run into but it's not the bear's fault right. like I hope that comes across like the bear's just getting ready for yeah, winter it's not like a super villain <laughs> or anything he's just no. trying to live his life yeah exactly it, it's so funny I um, my wife and I went down with our friends a few years ago to Asheville North Carolina and it's in kind of the foothills of the you know, mountains and it's this beautiful area and we were staying in a cabin and uh, like an Airbnb and my wife did research ahead of time about bears and it was so funny because like she doesn't ever do this for other things but she like I saw her doing research and she's like I respect bears too much to not know what to do yes and we were there and we got to the first day and like, the Airbnb people met us and gave us the keys and then the next morning I went for a run I she hates that I do this but we'll go somewhere and I purposely get lost in the trails so yeah. while I'm running and she's like you don't know where you are but I come back and the Airbnb person who owned the house was there in the morning again I was like, we just saw you last night. We just checked in. Like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, um, there's a family of black bears <laughs> that's just been, like, roaming around the neighborhood all after all night and all morning. She just wanted to make sure you guys oh were okay. Goodness. And I was like, um, <laughs> my wife just looks at me. She's like, maybe don't run anymore while we're here. And, like, it's the same thing, though. She was like, she knew everything about grizzlies, everything about yes. black bears. Like, I, even to this day, like, we'll have drinks with some friends. And someone will be like, hey, Alex, tell us back about black bears. And she's like, well. <laughs> yes, exactly. It goes the whole thing. Um... Are these the like, types of books that you read when you were growing up? Like, did you like kind of adventure books like this? I, I did, like, and I've read Hatchet as well. I read that. And then Brian's Winter, I read mm-hmm. that as well. Um, but no, I read everything. Yeah. We just, like, my whole family was, like, a family of readers. So mm-hmm. Dad and I would, in particular, trade a lot. Um, and so, yeah, I probably being able to kind of shift a little bit mm-hmm. from, like, okay, I'm writing something that's sort of fandom-focused to survival. Didn't feel like a big leap because I just, I love reading everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, so speaking of the, the fandom thing, because I know it, there, even though this is a book about not having technology being connected, it does. There is some awesome like kind of like, online community stuff at the beginning and, the yeah. and things like that. And I know that you've written about that extensively prior. Yes. So what is it to you about? And with the way social media and being connected can sometimes be a terrible thing. Yeah. It's also a really positive side of yeah. it. So what is it about like gaming and online communities, things that you really appreciate? Um. Well. I'll tell you a very brief, sad story. Like, so my dad died quite young and I remember being just bereft and I needed this connection that at home I was trying to help everyone. And I just remember finding that in online communities. Like sometimes it's nice to just escape. Like you have a TV show or you have a series of movies and you just have people who are like, yes, let me like celebrate them. And you're just like fangirling together. There's such power in that, like that gives you this venue. So um, I just really, I love writing about that because I think that's the reality for a lot of people, not just teens, but people like we connect. Like there are so many people I even met today who are like, oh, I know you. And then, yeah, even you and Uh I, like, yes. So I love that. And then, yes, there's some negatives as well, Mm -hmm. but hopefully um, positives outweigh them. And I think part of it is how you approach it. I was, yeah, I would yeah. say you strike me as a very positive person. Just Thank even you. like uh, you were mentioning earlier about you know you saw a, re- a review of the book that you absolutely loved. Like I know a lot of authors won't even go on Goodreads just because oh, okay. it can be yeah. a little negative from time to time, or like people that tag authors in reviews. <laughs> which is just, don't ever do that. No. Um, but I mean, it does. You you strike me as a person who sees the good. I do, and I also I try to like I I will be honest. If someone gives me a one star review and writes me like. 
a thesis on why I probably won't read it <laughs> because I'm not like a masochist. But I remember getting some advice once, like really don't read your five stars, don't read your one stars, but somewhere in the middle there is genuinely how people are reacting. And the reaction has been so good to switch back that I do, I go through and I look and people have great ideas where I'm like, oh, I will do that for next book. You know, like, and you just like, you get such insights or like the one, um, he's a teacher, the one, the review I mentioned where mm-hmm. he picked up like the isolation. Yeah societal isolation versus when you're in nature and you're isolated and he actually I think is a principal at a an online school and I was like oh my gosh like yeah. I love that sure that's what I planned <laughs> exactly what I meant I, I'm so glad that you picked up on those subtle notes exactly. that I had in there so I love that stuff as yeah. well and I do I do read through probably not everyone but mm-hmm. I do especially if someone reaches out to me and if they have questions I'm happy to answer them and I just love interacting with readers it's yeah. good well, that is something, you know, especially at events like this or at Book Expo and BookCon is this weekend. It's like writing is such a solitary thing. And so when you do have the ability to meet people either in person or online, I, I always tell people, because everyone always asks me, like, you get to talk to so many authors, I go, well, how, are, how are they? I'm like, that. they get as excited to talk to readers yes. as the readers do to talk to them. Yes, probably more so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the readers didn't spend months and months yeah. sitting in a, a cabin writing the, the yes. books, hoping someone would read them. Exactly. Are you planning on doing more books in this kind of style? Or? Yes, I'm actually writing one right now. It is different. It's not lost in the mountains. In uh-huh. fact, they're not lost at all. But putting, again, two friends in a situation where they have to survive together. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of writing that one. So I'm, it's just like, it just seems like that's a natural next step after switchback. And again, you know, you can always throw in like you, maybe you have a way to connect with your phone, but what if other things happen too? Yeah. I, I do love putting them in a place where you can't access your phones. Cause it's such yeah. a difficult, like, I feel like people have to, if they're going to write books about teenagers nowadays, and there's miscommunication, you almost have to be like, uh, it's set in 1997, <laughs> just so you can have, they can remove that MacGuffin of being like, they would have a cell phone, yep. but this is like a perfect way of doing it. It's yep. like, there's no service there. Yep, exactly. Um, so towards the end of our podcast, we do what we call the Nerd Nine, just nine kind of lighthearted questions. Okay. They used to be rapid fire, but our, we would get listeners that would write in, like, Adam, stop saying that because I go on tangents, as you probably noticed. <laughs> That's okay. And they're like, please stop saying rapid fire because you're not. So the first one is, uh, what's the last book you finished reading? Oh, um, I think it is C.B. Lee's uh, Not Your Villain, and which is awesome. Everybody should get her books. <laughs> like, they are so good. Um, what is your favorite place to read? I love reading just in bed, um, and I have like my whole cozy nest with a million pillows uh-huh. with tea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you remember the book that kind of made you fall in love with reading as a kid? Okay, yes, and I couldn't read. So my dad I feel like I'm talking a lot about my dad here so my dad was like total this like hippie parent he was a geologist Uh and he would stay home in the winters because you can't very well go out in the middle of winter in Canada and be a (laughs) geologist and so he stayed home with me and he read me Gulliver's Travels and which is totally not a kid's book but that's what he was reading so he read it aloud to me and I remember being fascinated also somewhat terrified by certain parts Mm -hmm. of that book but I remember that book I was like I love this and I was so looking forward to it and he did all these voices uh-huh. So I think, you know, really, it just like that one there, I really remember. I, be, I, being read to, and we've talked about this on our show before, but being read to by a parent when you're growing up, and especially a parent who like 
gets into it yes. and it like really like paints a picture for you. I think it's why audiobooks are so popular now is yes. because you it, it brings you back to that moment of being read to. Yes. I think it changes everything for a young reader. I, my mom was a, a third and fourth grade teacher for 40 years and she has like the patience of a like a saint. Yes. But my dad would do like would read to us at night and we would he would just take a story, it would be like a Sesame Street book. And he would change the characters and like the story. We didn't ever realize that because like five. But I specifically remember those experiences of like him doing the voices and getting all excited about it and made me want to read. And I feel like I do that in my head now when I hear characters still to this day. Exactly. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a sign you had a parent who read to you and like made it come alive. Yeah. Um, so what is a place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Oh, goodness. There are so many. I want to go to Iceland. I really do. I'm like the third person. <laughs> so I told uh, two other authors, strangely, Cleveland, our, our airport. <laughs> I have to do connecting flights like anywhere I go. I mean, we always connect to Chicago, but we have direct flights to Reykjavik. Right. Randomly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It's like one of the like Iceland air or whatever it is. Randomly. So tons of people in Cleveland over the past and they're really cheap flights. Okay, so clearly I need to yeah. come visit Cleveland. Yeah, so come visit and then... Cleveland, we'll do Metro Park <laughs> stuff and then just go right off to Turkey. Like, yeah, That's I, so cool. I, it started like three years ago. I, it's just such a, I, I'm telling people that it's such a random like why is that the one place? But because a lot of people, I guess, use Reykjavik as a jumping off to go to Europe. Basically. Yes. Yeah. That's apropos of nothing, but it's a fun fact. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Oh, um, I love the summer holidays. I know that's not an official holiday, so like I guess Labor Day. <laughs> like I just love the summer. I really do. Well, and I imagine you guys even more so than us in Cleveland don't get a much of summer. Yes, we kind of vary between like winter, second winter, and then we go right into like road construction, which is where we are right now. And then we have a brief summer at the end of that. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Coffee or tea? I'm going to say coffee, even though I mentioned tea. I mentioned tea when I'm reading because I'm going to bed afterwards. That's understandable. (laughs) Uh, Cats or dogs? Oh, do I have to choose? uh, Okay. You can cop out and say no. Okay, I'll take dogs just because most recently I had a dog Um, my cat who I had since I was like a kid she passed away when she was like 25 or something so yeah but I love both we had one of those growing up too like I'm a dog person but we had a cat that like was given to us by our grandfather or something and she like same thing she was like 23 and she was just ornery and all this (laughs) she was ornery as a kitten but she was just always like grumpy around the house sorry for intruding on your space Um, what is your favorite food I love salad. Actually, anybody who follows me will know that because I post all these random pictures of salad. I, I am capable of making other things, but I will choose salad over everything. As a vegetarian, salad. I respect that. So Thank I'm you. Yeah, I do. I love salad. By the way, I could make you an amazing salad. Okay, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, and then the last one of these, if you could have dinner with anybody alive or dead, who would you pick? Okay. Um, oh, that's a tricky one. I, I get sassed by authors a lot for this because I don't tell them ahead of time and they're like this is such a big question okay I'll say I'll choose one alive okay so my alive one I would choose the Dalai Lama I actually would I would love to talk to him because I just think he has a really fascinating view and I think it's really positive like I just get positive vibes from him so if it's someone alive that's who I would choose I the positivity thing having yeah. talked to you for a half hour now makes perfect sense <laughs> yes uh, okay last question for you what do you hope readers take away from Switchback I hope that readers, when they read it, like you described, they just get totally caught up in an adventure. That's what I want for them to just enjoy it. When they walk away from it, I want them to feel like they were there on the mountain and that they got to experience the majesty of like the Rockies. And they're like, whew, glad that didn't happen to me. <laughs> that is perfect. Danny, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs>
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.